Good evening, my friends. I'm glad you're here. It feels like I've lived a lifetime since you were gone. I probably did. This week was like a sleep. A very deep sleep. And when I closed my eyes, this haunted castle, this glorious mansion, all went away, and I just slept. I did not dream. I just slept. And I enjoyed the sleeping. I enjoyed leaving this place and investing in another reality for a little. The reality where everything was warm and dark and gentle and welcoming. But then, you arrived just now, and my eyes opened and I was glad to be here. Back home. Back where I worship the stars in the sky, and the music in the air, and the rustle of each and every red velvet curtain. And this lovely, warm breeze. Wait a moment. A breeze? Stars. Oh, joy. We're outside tonight. You've found me outside. We're on the soft grass of a courtyard in this enormous stone sanctum. We ended in the stars last episode. In a room full of stars, of course. And tonight we are looking up at them from the grass. Moths dancing in the lamplight, a nearby lamp, tall and glowing, standing not too far from us, just bright enough that I can see you. You can't see me, of course, for I'm not here with you in the flesh. But I am here enough. A whisper on the wind beckons us to look up. And there it is, written in flame, in bright cursive letters among the stars. A question from a kind soul. Do you, or do you, have an imaginary friend? I'm grateful for the question, and I'm happy for the company, but I must admit to also being a little confused. An imaginary friend? Me? <laughs> oh. Let me think about it. Last week I spoke of my beloved ghost, a dark and strange gentleman I've known for some time. I can't stop talking about him, but you know all about that, right? And the thing is, he is very much real, so I'm confused. And I also spoke last week and before that at great length about an odd and nervous little writer in another world with glasses and a computer and a microphone and a keyboard. 
but she also, she also is very much real. And so I'm still confused. For years and years I've been speaking to you, my friend. My friends. My friends who I cannot see but who I speak with nonetheless. Wherever you are, all over the world, in your own castles and forests and cellars and dream worlds yourselves. But of course you are very, very much real. So even still, I am confused. If it's not him, and it's not her, and it's not you, then surely it cannot be- No, no, I never really had an imaginary friend. Not in the way that I think we imagine them to be when children describe them. Friends that are there, almost as if they're in the room with the child, clear as day, and no one else can see them. I have never had that. And perhaps these children, or adults for that matter, have a more powerful imagination than I. Or perhaps they are truly seeing souls on another plane, and so have a more powerful magic than I. I believe that is all possible. But that has never been me. I played games. I had vivid dramas, stories, adventures, with many characters in my mind. Pretend audiences for performances of my stories, my music, my being. The people changed, just as I changed, but there was never anyone with a name that I can recall. No one face or friend who stuck by my side. In fact, I think I distinctly recall being a little jealous of other children who did have such a thing, for I found myself lonesome quite often. I loved imagining, but I couldn't imagine that. Couldn't imagine so powerfully a friend that satisfied that longing, that emptiness. I used to think that he, the subject of so many of these tales, the object of that longing I spoke of just now, I used to think maybe he was an imaginary friend, of a more grown-up kind. But I've turned him into a reality, haven't I? He's as real to me as anything else. And I think I know what he is. I think I understand clearly now. I do not consider him an imaginary friend. I consider him to be part of me. Just as I consider someone else to be part of me. Someone waiting, invisible, in a courtyard with a dear friend who asked a question. No, it cannot be me. I do not feel imaginary. But what does imaginary mean? I feel that it means false. But that's not necessarily true. Is something not real if it is imagined? Not necessarily. But we could get hung up on the details here. And I want us to keep moving. I am a part of someone else. I am one with my beloved, and he is one with my writer, and we are therefore all very, very real. The difficult thing is you are here too. And so I think you're a part of that. I do. We're together, aren't we? It's just hard to imagine that we are one. We keep hearing it over and over, but how difficult it is to feel it, to understand it. 
I understand and feel it so much more strongly than I ever have before, and yet I still struggle at times. I will work hard at this. Or perhaps I need to stop working at it entirely. I'm not sure. But I'm getting there. I digress. I ramble. This one perplexes me. I don't think I'm imaginary. But I have no body here. I'm just a voice. I don't think I'm imaginary. But I'm in a castle that disappears every time you go away, and I float in sleep and dreams and visions until you return and the castle becomes clear again. I don't think I'm imaginary. Am I? Oh, goodness. Oh, dear. The castle is... changing. A pit has appeared in the courtyard. The lantern glows more brightly to light the way down the stone stairs that are forming, groaning as they are arranging themselves of their own accord, down, down, down into the earth here. In the earthen walls, torches flicker one by one into view as they are lit by unseen hands. I suppose if I am here unseen, there may be others, too. I never really thought of that. This wouldn't be the first castle of this kind, after all. So why shouldn't many of us be here together, even if they haven't entered through my guidance? We are dealing with the imagination and imaginary friends and imaginary places, after all. And as I hope to show you when we do this kind of adventuring, there really are no rules to this sort of thing. Well, you know what happens when an underground staircase builds itself in front of your very eyes, don't you? Of course, we must descend. In we go. In the event that your eyes, whatever that means to you here, need more time to adjust to the darkness than mine, I'll describe to you what I see. I see dimly lit statues. They appear ancient, but it's not quite so simple. They depict scenes of gods and humans from legends, myths, stories, fairy tales. Stories both historical and fictional, but also from our present, and who knows, perhaps those ones with figures and stories I don't recognize are from the future. Stories about souls, regardless of time or place or reality. They are all fine enough, interesting enough. Browse them if you like. Find your absolute favorites. Take your time. I will wander here myself. I recognize some of these characters, these scenes, 
as though I'd told stories of them for years and years and years and years. But you know, suddenly I'm a little overwhelmed. Was I not one of them? This one, for instance. This here was a hero in an episode from seasons ago. A young woman in a library, in love with the ghost of a man she wasn't even certain ever existed. What makes her any different than I? Or over here, the Empress of Venus, a goddess of fertility and beauty and creativity, staring adoringly up at the moon, where the woman she adores, the priestess on the moon, lives lonely, too. Or here, a young man and a young monster sitting side by side in plain sight of that very same moon, content to have nothing but her beauty and their love shining upon them. What makes me different? Nothing. This is a museum. This is a gallery. Your gallery, in your castle, with whatever stories you want. You look around. I just need to stop by this candle here. My candle, atop my little candlestick decorated with roses and thorns. And I will sit on the ground in this shadowy corner and close my eyes. And breathe deeply in. Out. In. Out. Open your eyes. <gasps> Was that there when I sat down? When I first closed my eyes? It is unlike the other statues, for it is just a bust. Just the face of someone. An exquisitely carved face, but the stone is old and decaying, and pieces are falling out of that stone flesh. So it is both beautiful and grotesque, innocent and wise. And I don't know who it is. And yet I know that I know them absolutely intimately, too. And though there are no pupils carved in those stone eyes, they just stare openly. I tell you, they stare at me. They are looking at me. The mouth is set firmly in what is almost a smile. And they are not moving at all, but I can tell that this face... This face I know but don't know. It is alive. I know because... Ah, shh. Hush now. It is going to sing. Even as its lips don't move. I know, and you know, that this is its voice. This is its song.
time the song has finished, we have moved on to a different place. Perhaps you joined me in closing your eyes. And perhaps meditation has fallen into sleep. That happens to me more often than I care to admit. However, I have such trouble with the realm of sleep so often that when meditation allows me to slip into sleep, I cannot help but to think of it as a gift that I did not seek, but will gratefully accept. The museum, that was not a dream. No, no, if you heard me, I think you were awake. But now, we are in a dream. Do you dream in color? I think I do. I'm not sure. But I think what's more accurate is the fact that color is perhaps the least interesting part of the dream. And so I, I never take notice. Not really. But you know, I do dream in color because I remember that tear in the fabric of the sky that I mentioned two episodes ago. Oh, there was certainly color there. But that was a window to another world. Likely not the dream world I was in. Can dreams allow us to visit other realities? What is this dream for you? For me, I am on a raft that is sinking, trying desperately to stay afloat as monsters, sharks, crocodiles, you name it, lurk nearby, waiting for me to surrender. This is a common dream of mine. I would call it a nightmare, except that the last time I had it, I was not afraid. I was calm, because I think the surrender is the final leap I must take. Deep down, I know the sharks, crocodiles, you name it, will not destroy me. And if they did, I would wake up in a different dream. I've said that so many times. But slowly, no matter how hard my rational mind wants to fight it, I must cease to be afraid of that surrender. 
I am on that raft, and a voice comes to soothe me. And I allow myself to drift away from my raft and sink down and down and down. Those that I love waving happily at me as I do. And I am happy too, and so I wave back, not afraid. Even as the sharks and the crocodiles swim around me, they do not hurt me. For all I am doing is allowing myself to fall. Through the chaos, through the pain and suffering, through the pleasure and the clinging to that pleasure. And I grab your ankle softly and urge you to come down with me, but if you don't want to, you don't have to, so please, please, please don't be afraid. You can make your own decision. But either way, I will sink down and down and down until I am awake. I am waiting in line at a coffee shop. I rarely do this. I most often make coffee at home and pop it in a thermos to bring to work. But today I'm dealing with the effects of an underslept night and an overactive imagination in my dreams. And so I'm treating myself to a very Canadian coffee. A double-double extra-large two-sweetener, two-cream prepared by someone else, so I can get a free smile as I am handed a large and warm cup. A cup that I regret not bringing my thermos to save. But here we are and here I am, and so I smile and say thank you. And across the street... Someone is playing a song on an electronic instrument, singing out into the cool morning. Hail, hail, hail to thee, come so far just to see me, are you real, are you here, are you imagined? How is it here? The podcast is done. I'm going to work. This is not... Wait. No, I was just in a lake. A swamp. In an ocean. I'm, sh- I'm not sure. Before that, I was writing about a museum, a gallery. Before that, it was a courtyard, a haunted castle. I'm not confused. I know that. But then... What is this? I take my coffee gratefully and go outside where the person who sings and plays their instrument is still going. I look at them and I know their face. Their eyes seem to look at me and yet they do not. I know who they are and yet we are perfect strangers. 
I don't know what you are. And yet I know we are each other's. And so I sing with you. But then suddenly, just as I am so worried that I will be late for work, just as I think to myself, oh no, I've lost myself once more to fancy and to the complete loveliness of it all, I find myself trying to walk down the sidewalk of a busy street in Toronto, and yet my feet won't take me there. I'm walking, but the sidewalk stretches long and long and long, and my feet are heavy as stone. Oh no, I'll be late, I think to myself, but that music is overtaking me, pulling at my shoulders and my waist, beckoning me like a lover to come back to this place where we are only celebrating, only loving, only joy, only dream, only together. And I let myself fall back. I expect my skull to crack on the pavement and my coffee to spill all over me. But instead, I sink into a soft, cold, moist field of grass. And am pulled back, back, back to the courtyard of the castle. The stairway is gone. It is only you and I and the starry sky. The question that was written above us is gone, and instead there are clouds and a few stars. A drop of rain hits the top of your head. It hits mine too, but that's more complicated since I'm not really here right now. But I once was, and I felt it hit my head in exactly the same place as yours. We consider going back inside, but a few more moments wouldn't hurt. Because I just want to tell you, I did not have imaginary friends. I do not have imaginary friends. But what I have is this. I know that there is no such thing as imaginary. At least anything we can imagine is just as real as we imagine our individual selves to be. Instead, perhaps I think it is our perception that dictates what is real and false. That is, our idea that certain places, certain frames of mind, methods of thought, 
certain planes of existence. We value some of these as real, while we devalue others as imaginary. I will challenge you to reconsider. Think that it is all real. You are you in a dream, just as you are you in reality. Even if that you changes. Even if that dream, that reality changes. The constant is that you are there, perceiving it all. That is what is real. And if that is what is real, then we have so very much in common. So much in common, in fact, that I think this courtyard, with its soft, cool, dewy green grass underneath us, as we look up at the night sky, and full of yellow stars and a golden third quarter moon, and patiently waiting for the moment we decide to go back inside this haunted castle. This courtyard, I think, is just as real as anything else. In this moment, where you imagine it to be. I think this will be a nice place to leave you tonight. Though I'm not going anywhere. I'll stay here with you until you go to sleep. Don't worry. Hello, my friends, and thank you so much for listening to episode 204 of On a Dark Cold Night. This is your host, writer, narrator, creator, composer, podcaster, etc., Kristen Zaza. How has the end of August been for you? I hope you're enjoying the end of the summer. First of all, I'm sending a big thank you to the person who asked the question I based my story around. Big thank you to Kyle Coplin a long-time listener of On a Dark Cold Night, who responded to my video on TikTok and asked, Did you or do you have an imaginary friend? I don't know if I answered it, explored it, or completely dodged it, but I hope you enjoyed this episode nonetheless. So thank you again, Kyle. I'm perpetually grateful for your support. I'd like to also thank a new monthly patron of the show. Big thanks going out to my new Patreon supporter, Justine. Thank you so much, Justine. I'm honored you enjoy my work. If you're interested in becoming a monthly patron too, I'll take a second to tell you about the perks you can receive through Patreon. Every patron of $1 US or more gets access to my complete soundtrack of the show, while every supporter of $5 US or more gets that and access to a monthly video tarot reading I post every full moon. You can learn more at patreon.com slash darkcoldnight. And if you'd prefer to donate one time only with no perks, you can buy me one or more metaphorical coffees at ko-fi.com slash darkcoldnight. And you can also buy a t-shirt or hoodie at bonfire.com slash on-a-dark-cold-night. 
I'd like to thank someone who left us a review of the show on iTunes. Thank you so much to iTunes user Lav Swan from the U.S., who left a five-star review titled Spooky, Magical, Soothing, Genius. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that, Lav Swan. I'm honored. And this also reminded me, because I haven't brought this up in a while, if you'd like to support the show in a way that's completely free and very effective, you can leave a review for On a Dark Cold Night on iTunes or Facebook, or you can rate us on Spotify, or basically anywhere you're able to do so. I would very much appreciate it. If you'd like to submit a question for me to answer in a story like Kyle Copland did this week, there are lots of ways to do so. You can write me on social media. I'm on Twitter at A Dark Cold Night, Instagram at Dark Cold Night Podcast, on Facebook and YouTube under the page names On A Dark Cold Night, or you can do what Kyle did and respond to my video on TikTok, or send me a video of your own. My username there is Kristen Zaza. I'd love to hear what questions you may have for your narrator or me for that matter. Thank you so much, my friends. As we near the end of summer, wherever you are, try your best to find joy in your imagination and your reality wherever you can. The more and more I come to understand it, which may be not at all, <laughs> who knows, but I seem to be coming to the conclusion that it's all one and the same, and all equally important. So find joy in it all, my friends, for you and your heart. Lots of love to you, and sweet dreams. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar.